Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. about the internet is that nothing is unique and special anymore. Mm -mm. And even like sayings or personality traits that maybe everyone had, but you kind of always thought were your own or were cute. And I want to do a, I want to write a bit about this. So I'm reluctant to say it on here because the internet also steals a lot, but I really get grossed out when I hear like cute terms that used to be cute, but now they're like mass appropriated. Like you're a 42 year old woman. I don't think it's cute that you're like, I just need naps and snacks. Like everybody fucking eats snacks. Like there was once a time when it was like an adorable thing for a girl to admit that she loved to eat. But it's like, yeah, we're all sloppy and want food. Like you're not naps and snacks, clean plate club. Like you're a fucking adult. Like you're a homeowner. I hate when men say clean plate club. And of course, and I thought I wrote about this in my book, but like I did a thing. We got married. We did a thing. But I hated this the second millennial started saying it. Like anything cutesy on an adult just makes me cringe. I think also anything that's like downplaying something as not important or not. Like you can't just say like, hey, I got married. I'm really happy. Or like, hey, I love my husband. So right. like, this guy over this here. Guy, what a this slow. idiot. It's a millennial thing. And this was more popular like five years ago, but it always was this like self-effacing, just sort of dry, like the, ugh, ugly sunset. I do talk about this in my book. It just always bothered me because it was always people that made it not cool to emote. Like, I'll just be like this. I'll just be like a little sour all the time. Ugh, beautiful mountains. Like fucking get an emote, get a fucking, get some serotonin. I just, snacks and drinks, please. Like, okay, gross. That's it. So if you're currently doing it, don't do it anymore. I'm here to tell you as someone who's always ahead of the curve, it is out. It is not cool. It is ugly. Only ugly girls do it from now on. Boy. I said it. You don't have to be ugly to be ugly. Personality can be ugly. Look, and it has pockets. Everything's got fucking pockets now. It used to be cool and novel, and now everything snacks, pockets, a cup holder. Six-minute, one-ingredient recipe. Right. I mean, it's one step up from like a live, laugh, love sign. Yeah, which everyone... 
I was shitting on those things way before. The amount of coffee places, though, that have like, but first coffee, like the but first culture, like but first Pilates, but first a hot dump, but first a visit to your gastroenterologist. You know what I don't see anymore is the like keep calm and blank on. Ugh. You just because you don't go to the middle of the country very much. You go to some of your neighbors will have it. In other news, we went, I was like, let's just take the baby out. Let's go see if we can buy her something cute. We went to Larchmont and they were having a dog adoption and there was a dog named Peach who looked like a little salty dog, like a little I love dogs, wire hair dog. And I kept looking at Noah and I was like, Peach. And like I, Noah kept making a sad face like, oh, poor Peach. And I thought he was going to be like, yeah, let's get him. And he was like, we're not getting another dog. Peach, I hope you found a family. With everything you give to John Phil, you don't, you don't have the bandwidth to treat another dog that well. It would just become part of your everyday. Right now, she's... I mean, she would lose her mind. She would kill herself. <laughs> she would. Her eyes are closed so tight right now. She's just sleeping all alone on this couch. Like, yes, I get the whole couch to myself. Snacks, please. I'm a grown woman. Let's get to it. It's a hot June day. Almost into so July. Hot. Whenever it doesn't get hot in LA till later, like it's still been like kind of chilly and like a little gloomy. And at night, it's like a little foggy. I'm like, yes, like maybe Mother Nature forgot to get real, real hot. And like we're making through most of the summer. I'm in an attic room and I'm dying. Yeah, Georgia in the summer. Foam. And of course, they're like, let's move Hollywood to Georgia and we'll just shoot there. It'll be uh-huh, great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have the Fast and Furious movies, Marvel and Tyler Perry. You're set. Even just with Tyler Perry, you'd be set. I know. We would. All right. Dear Eliza, Emily Snowpeach, and the ghost of Blanche's Christmas mouth, longtime <laughs> fan and listener here. Yeah. I, 24 female. I'm, of course, a grad student. M-L-I-S. I guess that's a specific designation. And I've been dating my boyfriend, 26 male, for about eight months. He is my first serious relationship. Having never fought or said, I love you, we are still in the honeymoon phase. Here's the problem. My boyfriend is too attracted to me. I know that sounds weird, but let me explain. He is constantly either ogling at me or fondling my butter boobs, and I do not like it. He treats me incredibly well otherwise. You read that. You read that butter boobs. I was like, what are butter Butter boobs? boobs. Butt or boobs. Butt or boobs. (laughs) He treats me incredibly well otherwise, and I see a future with him, but the ogling and fondling outside of, quote, hanky-panky does not make me feel good at all. It makes me feel a little objectified, to be honest. I have told him lightly to ease up. Quit grabbing at me. You're holding me like your name is Lenny and I'm a puppy, and just because you're my boyfriend doesn't mean you get to touch me the way every creep wants to. He laughed when I said the last one, and minutes later, I ended up snapping at him after he poked my butt with his club during mini-golf. And then... A few holes later, he was staring slack-jawed at my, quote, thigh cleavage when I crouched to get my ball out of the hold. I opted for crouching instead of bending over so he wouldn't ogle at my butt. The way he reacts to my body in neutral context feels over-exaggerated and disingenuous on top of the fact that it feels downright invasive that I can't just exist without being sexualized. And it's frustrating that I can't even play mini-golf without having to deal with this horny man on my tail. I feel like I'm a black cat who got into some white paint, and he is Pepe Le Pew. We both live with our parents, so we don't get to have a lot of sex. So it's possible that this is the result of him being pent up, but it's still really annoying, and I don't want his desire— Wait, they don't have sex or don't have a lot of sex? Oh, they don't have a lot because they both live okay. with their parents. Yeah. 
I don't want his desire to express his attraction outside of sex to be at the expense of my comfort and autonomy. I am not a 5'3 stress ball for him to squeeze whenever he wants. Your mantra that you teach people how to treat you is constantly in my head, but this is uncharted territory. So I would definitely appreciate any advice or maybe you'll just tell me it's normal for boyfriends to be so affectionate. Thanks, Anonymous. P.S. Went to your show at the Beacon last winter and you responded to the letter I gave you at the meet and greet on Instagram telling me to keep being smart and keep writing. And I look at the screenshot whenever I'm discouraged. Aww. Thank you for making Uplifting Women a pillar of your career. That's very sweet. I say that to everyone. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's very sweet. <laughs> also, tickets are not on sale yet, but I will be headed back to New York in 2024. Um, it's interesting that you say this because I just attended the Aspen Ideas Festival, um, which is a very cool conference festival, multiple weeks in Aspen. And it'd be weird if it was called that and it wasn't there. Um, so it's it's not as well known as TED, but it's like a TED in that it is like these, con, like, con, like they bring in incredible speakers, people like the Surgeon General or like certain senators and scientists and artists and people just talk. And it's all about just getting ideas on how to make the world better. And companies send people just so they can listen and get ideas. And for some reason, they invited me to do a Q&A. <laughs> But I sat in on a lecture about 27 senses. And this woman was basically saying that animals have more than five senses. And I don't, she was like, I don't know why humans can't just accept that we also have more than five senses. Um, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it, there's like a sense, like if you hold your fingers above your head and you close your eyes and it's like, put your hand in the middle of your head, you can do it. Like you can sense where your arms are in space relative to you. And that's not touch right? Talking about like the sense of, she was talking about the sense of touch and she was like, your skin, all, your body also knows like if you burn yourself, you can sense it will get worse if you don't treat it. That's a sense. So she was talking about all these different types of senses that aren't necessarily of the five. And she started talking about, and I feel like I also saw an Instagram on this, but the sensation of touch, and I don't know what this was apropos of, but why it doesn't feel good when your partner just grabs you. Like I have a relative who will always like pinch my shoulders and it doesn't feel good yeah. at all. Like it's not a nice massage. No one likes a surprise massage. And I always thought I had a problem with like touch because if someone would like touch me, I'd be like, stop, stop, stop. And it's not like that I'm cold or a bitch or anything. It's that that doesn't feel good because it's not wanted. You're not warmed up. But what does feel good is like a soft touch or petting. Like that's why your pets like to be pet mm. or like stroked for like a better term. And so it kind of feeds into that. Like you're not horny. You're not warmed up. You're not in a sexual place when you're fucking playing mini golf. And it's okay for someone to be attracted to you, but he's not doing it in a respectful way. You know, right. it's okay if you're like husband of 15 years, like pokes you with a golf club, but you guys don't have it like that yet. It's eight months in and you just, you it's totally okay. I feel like people will be like, oh, that's such a feminist thing to feel objectified, but you're not turned on by it. That's why it's not fun. Is it possible that he's more attracted to you than you are to him? Maybe. And maybe you don't love having sex with him. Maybe you're not there yet, but women are incredibly mental and men are very visual, which is why he was reacting to you, bending over and doing all that. And he's not considering your feelings. And he's not considering that most women won't like that because it makes you not feel safe. And when you don't feel safe, you're not horny. That's it. And yeah. so it's not that it's not about like him not being the guy for you. Like maybe you have a conversation, but it sounds like he's just reacting on instinct. And it just sounds like this isn't the relationship for you. You're like this, you're too excited 
about my body. Like, have you never seen a woman's body before, you fucking weirdo? Like, act like you've been here before. (laughs) Well, luckily also, okay, it's not like she's tried everything and he won't stop. She has joked with him about it and he has not taken the joking seriously. So at this point, it's time to say, hey, I really do not like that. Do not do it anymore. And And then if he continues, you have a problem. He's going to. He's going to, because he's going to say like, what? Why are you being so cold? You don't like being touched? Okay, sorry, I won't touch you at all. Sorry, I won't be attracted to you. Forgetting the dick. I'm just telling you, forgetting that like you have to put in the work and it doesn't sound like he's a sensitive guy or will mentally be able to come around to this conclusion, but he is not putting in any of the work to put you in a space where you would want to reciprocate Well, because also he's only thinking about himself. It's interesting you talk about like being pet. Like, yeah, if he just put a hand on the small of her back or like rubbed her shoulder gently, that would be very different than just grabbing, squeezing, poking. Yeah. Like those are and all like, very like, what is she supposed to respond to that with? Like, oh, thanks for poking at me like a child. He, should, he doesn't, that's the thing is he doesn't care. He had the urge to grab you. So he right. did it. And right. it's a, a lot of men. It's like, I did what I needed to do. And any reaction other than like, I'm so turned on, let's, let me blow you right here is seen as unacceptable. So, I mean, you might have a talk with him. He might be like, I'm so sorry. Like I am so attracted to you, but I do want to respect your space. And maybe there's a conversation, but, um, it's, it's unfortunate you have to have this conversation or maybe no one ever has said that to him. And you can be like, I like you, but I don't like the way you make me feel when you do that to me. And if he doesn't hear that, but it starts with you having to be comfortable saying this to someone that you think you really like. Mm-hmm. That's it. Honk, honk. <laughs> Hi, Eliza. I, oh, no. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's just about how I squeeze no and he doesn't like it. Well, I'll, you're- I'll jiggle. I'll jiggle his belly and he'll be like, why would you do that? I'm like, I squeeze you. <laughs> That's what you do to your dog. Yeah, he's like, I'm not Tianfu. I squeeze. He's like, why would that ever feel good? <laughs> But so jokes you are on him. the problem. We're still together. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. 
week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. So the subject of this email is, my party had a baby. Am I the godmother? Hi, Eliza, Emily, and Hot Scotty. Back in January of this year, I threw a Chinese New Year party that was apparently so lit that it resulted in a baby. I just found out the girl who came to my party is pregnant. She was a friend of a friend, and she messaged me on Instagram last month to thank me for being a partial reason she was having a baby. My mind was blown. I scrolled back on her Instagram feed and saw photos of a baby shower with no evidence of a significant other in any of the photos. She then told me that the father was one of my guy friends whom she met at the party, and then it was a one-night stand. She said that he doesn't want any part of it and has been encouraging her to get an abortion. She said she was going to keep it because she's been wanting to be a mother. She asked me to go to a doctor's appointment with her in July. I only just met this girl and I am not close friends with the guy. Should I say something to either of them? I don't think she took a paternity test, so I don't want to jump the gun and accuse him of being an asshole. And I want to believe her and support her. My guy friend Why? has been known to be selfish Why do you want to support this girl? You don't know her. Why do you want right. to support her? Who cares? You don't know her. I think he should own up to his actions, but this girl also sounds like a psycho and raising a child alone is going to be a long, hard road for her. I probably shouldn't meddle. It's not my business at all, but nope. also, does this automatically make me the godmother? Either way, I'm just so proud of my party hosting. I had 50 people in my house, my backyard caught fire, and someone made a baby. Your biggest fan, Ning. If those are the criteria for a sick party, <laughs> Ning, then congrats to you. Um, I would stay the fuck out of this. Do not go. Do not also, go. Also, please invite me to your next Lunar New Year party. Really? Um, super into it. But you might want to call your guy friend just to like maybe get his side and be like, she's asking me to be the godmother. Like it almost doesn't matter because you don't want to be the godmother. You don't want to go to the party with this girl. Who the is she friends with? Right. The she's doctor. asking Sorry. this woman to go with her to the doctor. My concern is if she's asking you to do that, what else is she going to ask you to do? It's too much. You can't. It's too much. It's too weird. And unfortunately, it's sad that you're like, I don't even know if my friend is the, 
you know, I, I guess if he's the only guy she had sex with within a few weeks, then then you know it's the dad. But who knows? You don't know this girl. The bottom line is you don't know this girl. Uh, unfortunately, you are legally the godmother, so you are financially <laughs> responsible. Uh, if that were the case, there'd be a lot of gas station attendants on the hook for being godparents. So people fucking in gas room bathrooms. Um, if there's it's a, if there's a way to ignore it, or if there's a way to be like, hey. Uh, congratulations. It sounds like something you and Bill need to work out. I wish you all the best. That's yeah. it. Because you don't care if you offend her. You don't care what her reaction is. If you want to give her the time of day, great. But no. But congrats on your party. Don't throw another yeah. one. Maybe no, it's die. not safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, we have a mother-in-law question for the dark twist. Hello to the entire AIA crew. I always knew I'd write in one day about my mother-in-law, but never under these circumstances. She's finally dead. Not quite. To start, my mother-in-law is a run-of-the-mill narcissist. It's her world. We just happen to live in it. She never calls because she wants us to want to call her. And then when we do, she complains that we don't call enough. Her favorite activities include anything that causes extra work for my father-in-law, including living in a house with a wood-burning stove as the primary source of heat in New York winters owning a pool that requires tons of maintenance despite never getting used, going camping, which requires him to hitch slash drive slash set up their small camper. He doesn't particularly enjoy any of these things, but we think it's easier for him to just do it than argue with her. She's overall the worst, and I've utilized Eliza's advice of just not giving her any oxygen in my life over the last three to four years, which has been easy as we live in South Carolina. To be fair, my husband also does not like his mom. The sentence, I'm so sorry she's your mom and not some weird aunt you could just ignore, gets said in our house more times than I can count. Now for the plot twist. My father-in-law committed suicide last month. Oh my God. My husband and I dropped everything and were at their house in New York in under 24 hours. We spent six days at their house helping clean up. They are straight up hoarders. Clean up food. what? The body? The house. Oh, okay. <laughs> the hoarding house. Prepare food, plan the funeral, and support my mother-in-law. It was blatantly obvious that she has isolated herself socially as not a single person over the entire week stopped by to offer condolences or drop off food, etc. cetera. Oh. To be clear, people did show up to the funeral because my father-in-law was a sweet yet troubled man who was so loved by many. Our time up there ended as we had to return home to South Carolina and we had ambiguous plans as to when we would be back up next as we are both very busy young professionals. And there are also two other brothers in the picture that can help. It took less than three weeks for her to get back to her normal shenanigans of wanting her three sons to call her every day and sending passive aggressive texts, including how could my sons abandon me during this time? When my husband did call her, the first time she spent 20 minutes complaining about her sisters before she even asked how he was doing, as he is also still grieving the sudden loss of his father. Yeah. My question to Eliza, how do I balance not giving this terrible human any oxygen while also needing to be supportive in some capacity? And how do I continue to support my husband in the same venture? I never once imagined there would be such a bizarre and conflicting scenario in my life, so I apologize if this is above your pay grade. Sending lots of love from Charleston, XOCPS. Charleston misses you. Please come back soon. I fucking love Charleston. And I treasure the two weeks that I lived there last October. (laughs) (sighs) It's frustrating because nobody wants to hang out with her uh, because she's annoying. And children kind of, you know, tend to do their own thing and not check in as much. And... You know, you wonder, I hear that you're saying she's a narcissist. You wonder if she feels that way because no one does check in on her. And so maybe it's like, why, like, 
why are we calling you crazy? Crazy, stop acting crazy. You're like, please stop calling me crazy. So, but let's say she's the worst. I think your brother, husband, (laughs) your husband, sorry. Here's the thing. You don't like her. I feel bad for this woman because her husband killed himself and she's all alone now. But sometimes I feel like if you're a narcissist, not knowing much about it, um, you kind of don't notice that you're all alone and you probably just like spend your, the thing that keeps you company is thinking about how annoying other people are. You send her a text every once in a while. Hey, just checking in on you and let her write back. You know, you don't make it a phone call. You know, you do the bare minimum. You write back. You just, it's not a big deal to write back to a text. Yeah. Hey, thinking of you, maybe send her some flowers. The truth is it seems like no matter what you do, it won't be enough. So take heart in knowing like you're going to get the same amount of shit either way as like a pre-fixed answer to everything. But deep in your heart, I do think you want to do the right thing. So you send her a text, you send her a card. Maybe you call her like once a month, put it on speaker, kind of half listen, or just don't and put it all on your, on your husband. And he's allowed to go through that grieving process too. I don't know if he's ever expressed that to your mom, but if she's ever like a bee about it, be like, Hey, you know, Tyler's upset. He lost his dad. Like he's just going through it. And anything she has to say to that doesn't really matter because she obviously is not helping with the grieving. So I would put in the bare minimum, but it's not that it's your husband's problem, but like you're just following his lead. If your husband like loved your mom, then you would, it would be different, but he doesn't. Right. I do. There is like that frustration though of like, now this mom has something to use that's quote unquote valid. You know what I mean? Like it's devastating that her husband has died. That is something that a normal person would get more sympathy over, but she's not a good person. So it's just like, oh, now you have to, you you can't just be like, yeah, whatever. Your husband's not here anymore. Suck on it, lady. But it's also like, I get the vibe that no matter what you do, it's never going to have mattered. Like, it's almost like it didn't happen. So you could almost just do nothing and be like, because I'm kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't. You could also tell her all this. Be like, we were the ones that were there for six days and we're making sure you're okay. But you can say to her, like, if we call, all you do is complain that we don't call. So why would we want to call? You could always put it to her like that. Yeah. And be like, what do you need to feel supported? And I bet she'll just go on a rant and then might just have to file it away under crazy aunt territory. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know about narcissists, but that it seems to me like giving it obligatory energy, but nothing more than that. And just trying to be there for your husband the most you can, which I'm sure you're already doing. Everyone who knows a narcissist is like living their best lives since podcasts came into the game. You can get so much and advice. Pop psychology became ubiquitous and every girl with a podcast started using the phrase gaslight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kick it. Kick it hard. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and AIA crew. I'll just get right to it. I, 27 female, work from home, so I don't use my car that often. And my sister, 25, has asked to borrow it from time to time. She lives in the city and moved to a new apartment recently, so she wanted to use it to move some of her stuff. At first, I thought it was no big deal, but now I'm starting to feel wary of letting her borrow it, and it's causing drama context. She borrowed the car when she moved last month and everything was fine until my mom told me that she got a bunch of parking tickets and my mom ended up having to pay them off. My sister doesn't have a full-time job right now. She borrowed it again to pick up her friend from the airport and when she returned it, she left a bunch of trash in the car, which honestly pissed me off more than the parking tickets. Now she wants to borrow it again to help her roommate move in and I don't really want to loan it to her anymore. 
Definitely she lives in not. the city where they are very strict about parking, and she doesn't have a permit, so I'm worried she'll either get more tickets or get it towed. She can't afford to pay either of those things, so if it ends up coming back to my mom, then my mom gets mad at me for lending it to her. Yeah. How would you handle doing a favor for a sibling that's notoriously irresponsible? Okay, additional context, because I think it's relevant, and I agree with this letter writer. My mom sold me the car for $1 when my dad passed away, and she no longer needed two cars. For that reason... My sister feels like she's entitled to the car too since I didn't really buy it, even though I do own it and the title is my name. And I feel like I should help her out now that our dad's not around to help her with moving. Thanks so much for reading my question. Can't wait to see you in Boston at the Garden. See you at the Garden. Um, You are the one that maintains the car though. You pay for the gas, you pay for the oil changes, you pay for that check engine light fixing. So you've been maintaining it. Yeah, and if mom is the one that's saying, look, I don't want to pay off her tickets anymore. Like, if mom was saying, look, come on, I gave you the car for a buck. Can you help your sister out? That'd be different. But it sounds like mom is like, don't trust your sister with this car. Okay, unfortunately, I do know a lot about this. And unfortunately, no shade to any 25-year-old out there, she's 25. And because she doesn't own anything of value, she and because people always bail her out, she does not know how to treat those things. I get it. When you're 25, your car is a mess, but it's your car. There are just things that you don't always click into until you're a little bit older or have things that you're paying for. And it is disrespectful. And you can simply say to her, like, first of all, helping your roommate move, who fucking cares about your roommate? I'm sure they have friends and relatives. When it's it's one thing if it's helping her, but it's like, oh, it's my friend. I never, what I never want to hear out of a 20 something's mouth is it's for my friend. It's for my friend's boyfriend. Like I do not fucking like no extended family here. Thanks so much. So you have two options. You can either, no, you have one option because she's your sister. You can say this. It's harder with like a friend. Be like, I am not your mother and this is my car and I take care of it and you don't. And when you get all those tickets and like you and 25 year olds, they do that kind of shit and they get endless tickets and it's just like, oh, well, someone will help me. Be like, that car is in my name. So that will fuck with my, not so much credit, but like I could go to jail if we get too many parking tickets. I right. could get and my car towed. Yeah. So what's the insurance situation? Because I don't trust that she's not going to ding someone and hit and run. I don't, yeah. Because I don't know that she fully recognizes what having multiple tickets unpaid on your record will do. And you're like, but be like, what was your plan? What was your plan to just let me pay those? You can be like, you're bratty and you're immature and you're disrespectful and leaving all of your shit in the car like I'm going to clean it up doesn't make me want to loan it to you. So what do you have to say to that? Yeah. And if she comes back with anything other than, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I will, I promise it'll be perfect. Give her the chance because you do want to help her. Then you can say to her, I do want to help you, but you make it very difficult to want to help you. And I'm not your mother. So I will not, be as kind about this. Like, I'm not paying off your tickets. I'm not eating shit because you made a mistake. That's it. And you can say it to her in a nice way. Be like, I don't think you realize that parking tickets can have like detrimental effects to the owner of the car. And she'll be like, no, I do. Like, if she says anything other than I'm sorry, it's defensive and it's bullshit. So she, it's a great way to learn a lesson. But also like, who cares about your roommate? Your roommate has friends. So maybe another time. Yeah, you like, don't have I'm a car. It. So like, I'm, I'm driving to the beach all day, every day. Sorry, I can't. I got to go to Braintree and I can't take the tea. <laughs> I went to school in Boston. 
Hello, AIA crew. Eliza, I got to meet you at your 2022 show in Louisville and damn near died because you're Eliza, duh. And because you told me you loved my peach hair. I'll oh, I probably you- did. I love peach hair. Yeah, probably <laughs> look great. I'll spare you the paragraphs of my adoration and get to my question. In your ultimate fantasy breakup, you pluck a solitary nose hair to make yourself cry. I've tried in practice for my own UFB, obviously, (sighs) but no matter how many nose hairs I pull, I still can't cry. What's my next option? Pocket knife? Love you all so much. Haley, say my name, Emily, and say it with your chest. Haley. Haley's coming Uh, in hot. (laughs) Yeah, don't know Haley. It was just a joke. (laughs) <laughs> so don't take it so, so seriously. Yes, next, next, draw blood. That is step two. You're correct. Answers. Um, I don't think we can advise you to do that, but you know, when I have to, on the rare occasion that I'm required to act, I just think about my mom dying and oh, that God. makes me cry. Or I think about me dying or I think about how my daughter will feel when I die or I think about us oh, both God. dying. You got to be willing to go there if you want some tears for vulnerability. <sighs> well, I think about have- how mean... People are to me. Poor me. My pretty boy. Yeah. Do you use a, have you ever used a tear stick on set? I have. Uh, It will make your eyes, I mean, it's not going to be crying as much as tears, but it can help you get there. Or if you just need the look of like, no, I'm okay. Right. Then, yeah, get a tear stick. Google tear stick. (laughs) Especially for a breakup. That's perfect. Or just like rub your hands in onions. But yeah, Google tear stick. Gnarly. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. 
And Boland Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, humans and animals and little Sierra. I'll jump right in because I need to give a good amount of context. I am a 24-year-old female. A few days ago, my friend called me and said he wanted to talk to me. He is 29 years old and our families are very close friends, so we're really close. I consider him like a brother. He has always been super nice and respectful. He's from Italy, so he has very European mannerisms and my family is from Bosnia, so we share similar experiences being immigrants. He wanted to talk to me because he knows how much I protect my younger sister. And because of his Italian manners, he wanted to ask me if it's okay to take my sister on a date or whatever annoying Italian BS. I was super shocked. (laughs) Here's your answer. (laughs) And not okay with it. And he initially thought it was because I was upset he wasn't interested in me. Of course he would think that. (laughs) I know. I said, that's not it because I've never been interested in him that way, honestly, and I have a boyfriend, it is because my sister is 17 years old. Now, she's 24, he is 29. Yeah, it's illegal. Move on. It's illegal. (laughs) Statutory. We had a long conversation about how weird that is and how she is only just now graduating high school and needs to have normal teen experiences and an almost 30-year-old boyfriend isn't okay. I don't care how mature she is for her age. She's still a Uh -uh. kid who is dramatic, sensitive, and unrelatable, even to me sometimes, and I'm not even a full decade older than her. Even after we talked, I still feel so uncomfortable and grossed out by it, and I don't know if I'm being overdramatic. Now when I see his posts on social media come up, I cringe aggressively, and I don't want him anywhere near my sister or me anymore. I know he won't make a move because I told him it's not okay, and he understood, but it's still so gross and weird to me. I haven't even told my mom or talked to his sister or mom about it because I don't even know how to process it fully. I have no idea how to move forward, especially when we go to family dinner parties with them. Please help because... I have no idea what to do or how to feel. I'm so lost because I never would have thought this would happen. And because you might ask, yes, my sister is very pretty. Uh, of course. Sure. She could also be like smoking ugly and he'd be like, good, someone who is vulnerabilini. Mm, it's so gross. It's so fucking, even if so she's gross. 18, it's gross. Even if she's 19, gross. it's gross. Uh, gross, 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 gross. Unburden yourself of this and tell your parents. That way they also are looking out for your sister. Um... And if he's good looking, you know, young girls are dumb. So I guess they're being like, I love him. You're standing in the way. He asked for, I mean, it's nice that he asked. First of all, it's so gross and typical. He's like, you're just upset because I'm not into you. Woof. Um, you said what you said. And he knows you're right. He will move on. It's not a big deal. If he hasn't done anything. And also like in Europe, like the age thing is like a little different. I don't know how often he goes back or how Italian he is, but he simply asked. And I'm saying like, if he hasn't done, I don't know what his social media posts are and it's fine that you have a new context for him, but if he isn't being inappropriate and if he's not talking to her, then you can kind of just keep your distance, but you don't have to do anything. But you want to make sure he's not DMing her. You want to make sure, maybe casually ask her, be like, hey, has Antonio like been talking to you? But tell your parents because there's, yeah. you, you want them, this is a parent, or this is a parental thing. 
Especially with the family friends context, yep. if you don't want to go see him, you know, give your parents the context now so it doesn't come out as a surprise when you're like, I don't want to go to dinner with yeah. him. Yeah, it's like, I don't think you need to tell his mom and sister, but I think it's totally reasonable that you would feel like, oh, this is not a person I want to be around it's also anymore important since he's sitting there looking at my 17-year-old sister. Have the dads involved. Like, if the dad is sitting right next to her, he's probably less likely to, like, ogle her. Or talk to her. Like, yeah. that's what a dad is for. That's what parents are for. Um, and that's it. Like, you said no. It's fucking yeah. gross. You know, there's a version where his parents here, and they're like, what are you talking about? Why would you ask her out? You know, maybe in five years, if he still feels that way, it's a different subject. But it just, it's just, no. The answer is no. And you should feel confident knowing, first of all, you're not being dramatic at all. I don't know how you're handling it, but that you mm-hmm. are on not only the right side morally, but the right side of the law. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, sniff around, see if he's been talking to your sister or anything. Because it could have just been a yeah. fleeting thought he had. And he's like, I guess I'll ask. And he may have moved on. But that's a, no, you're yeah. you're in the right. It's not, it's not okay. Ugh. No. I have a question about an old friend who has come out of the woodwork claiming to be my bestie. Context. Didn't this happen? This girl and I. With the teacher who like, then she's like, and she moved here to also be a teacher. And like, she was my bridesmaid forever ago. But why does she like me now? Yeah, cool summary. Anyway, <laughs> we'll wrap up. This girl, this girl and I have been friends since elementary school. We were very close during that time, but eventually drifted apart in high school. We never had any bad what feelings towards school? each other. It was just, <laughs> they were fine. Okay. It was just a natural thing that happened, but always remained friendly. We're both in our early 30s and each have a baby of our own. Recently, she's been messaging me more and more, sending TikToks, memes, you name it. She then asked to go out for drinks. I said, Yes. She then goes on to tell me during her hangout that she has drifted apart from most of her friends that she had in high school, also saying how I have always been a solid person and that I am her bestie. My question is, how do I navigate the situation with an old friend that is essentially trying to force a closer relationship with me all of a sudden? She then says the other day that she feels isolated and alone in life in general. I began to wonder if she's the one that's the problem. Am I an asshole? Thanks so much. Love you all. Are you an asshole for having thoughts? You're not doing anything. <laughs> I guess for not wanting to be this person's friend. I mean, obviously it's her, like you said. Um, and you got to just keep her at an arm's length. The bestie thing is weird. That's a little unhinged and you feel bad for her. So I also feel bad too because she has a kid, you know, and there's always that special thing when someone's a mom. But I, the answer is, and I say this to everyone, I hate that I that this is the answer, but like answer less, make less plans, at least until you can really assess like her deal because I don't even think you want to ask her why is it that you feel isolated? Like you don't even want to get to the bottom of this because you kind of don't care. And so there's something weird. She's grasping at these straws. She's like, we used to be friends. So how about you? Because you haven't figured out the terrible thing about me yet or that I'm intolerable or that I'm weird. So that's not on you. You're bit just stay. That's weird. That speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to have drinks with her, sure. But yeah, you no obligation to suddenly play the role of bestie. No. And if she says, be like, you're my best friend, be like, how, just be like, don't you think that's a little weird? Just call it out. What's the worst that could happen? She doesn't want to be your best friend anymore. Be like, I don't know about best friend, but I've definitely known you a while. I oh, God, I've had conversations yeah. like that with quote unquote friends where you're just, you spend the whole time fucking deflecting. You're just like, how are you not getting that? Like, I don't want to hug you and I don't want to get together. I know. I hate that when you're like, please just don't make me say it. Can't we all just have some decorum and be aware that we don't like each other? Really? How? No, they like you. They like me. I just don't care for them. Right. But really, how are you? Like deep down, I'm like, I don't want to, 
like cry with you. Like, what are you asking me? <laughs> like, we're not that cool. Cozy, <laughs> cozy, two cozy kittens. Good night, Moon. Get a tear stick and get crying. Get cracking on that crying. Hi, Eliza. Tianfu, Tiny Tree Frog, Emily, and of course, Rizzoli and Isles. I hope you're all thriving. I'm writing in with your standard girl drama, but I'm still hoping I can get some advice. Yep, that's that's what we do, I feel like. That's break, pretty break up advice. with the friend. Move on. Next question. <laughs> I'm looking for a way to nicely turn down a party invitation for something when you don't have alternate plans, but you just really, really hate the actual party idea itself and just know it won't be a good time. Is it 007 themed? Me? Is it Great Gatsby themed? Oh, <laughs> is it like 70s themed? Okay. <laughs> Me and a lot of my friends are turning 30 in the next year, so we have all got a lot of fun birthday plans coming up. One friend of mine recently told me her plan for her own 30th birthday, which is fortunately not until spring of next year. She is so important to me, and I love her a ton, but the actual party idea just sounds awful, and I really don't want to go. We live in L.A., and she wants to rent a party bus or limo to drive around L.A. and Hollywood at night. Then she wants a bus to drop us off on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and then go to a club in that area. No. Well, I personally don't, don't know. Well, I personally don't mind clubbing. I, of course, hate Hollywood Boulevard, especially at night, for reasons that should be completely obvious. It all sounds like a 21st birthday party for a tourist. Yeah, that is exactly right. <laughs> that, is, that sounds like a Swedish, exactly what it is. a 21st Swedish birthday party, to, a Latvian birthday party. To go drive band. around? Yeah. If that's your last stop, you're drunk on Hollywood Boulevard at night. Absolutely not. The Walk of Fame. Okay. No, no, no. First no. of all. Okay. So. Okay, go ahead. Continue. I just so, have something. I have something already, to say about the puke trap that yeah. is Hollywood Boulevard that people who don't live here may not know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. I'll, fi- I'll finish after. Okay. After you. You finish. This plan probably already sounds not great, but there's a bit more here that makes me even less inclined to go, but still makes me feel incredibly guilty. She doesn't have a lot of friends she's close with in LA, and the ones she does have are more likely to blow her off or be flaky. One of her friends is a verbally abusive alcoholic who is always really late and super cheap about stuff, and I'm tired of her in general. Additionally, the birthday girl is not great at planning, and I know that she won't have any of the logistics together, and that will be really frustrating the night of. I've traveled and gone out with her a lot, so I've experienced this firsthand many times. I also know it won't be a huge group of people. Oh. And the main reason I feel obligated to be there is just so there will be enough bodies. Her birthday dinner last month had six people in total, even though she made a reservation for 10. Three of the six were 45 minutes late. Mm. One person was someone's boyfriend who didn't want to be there, and another person had only met her once. Oh. Her past few birthday dinners have been some variation of this. Birthdays are incredibly important to this friend. She loves to feel celebrated. It's important to her that people turn out, but every year she's disappointed for various reasons. She feels really let down when people don't show up, but she doesn't have a good grasp of who she's close with and who she is not. Finally, she's incredibly hung up on age and getting older and has been for a really long time, not just since we're turning 30. I've been concerned about how she will react to hitting this milestone for a few years. I've prioritized her birthday every year because I know how important they are to her. I've paid for her dinner when no one wants to split the bill and cover her meal. I'm comforter, I've am i comforted her when a friend lies and blows her off, and I'm always on time with a gift. I'm not a perfect friend, but I'm proud of always being there for her on this day. However, the evening she has planned is absolutely not my idea of a good time. It sounds like a big waste of money and energy. Yeah. I know I won't like the people there, and that for lack of a better term, the vibes are going to be off. I guess I could lie and say I'm out of town that weekend, but no, it's too far in advance. People. 
Plus, there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. There's a chance she would just reschedule. Can I just yeah. say, hey, I love you, but this yep. isn't my thing. Yep. Can I take you out to brunch one-on-one the morning after? She's very sensitive and hates, absolutely hates rejection. And I worry about the actual event with one less person. But I think that if I give her plenty of notice and offer up a one-on-one alternative on my dime, she'll be more receptive. There's a fair amount of runway to work with on this dilemma. Maybe she'll change her mind, but I would love to get your insight on rejecting invitations just based on the event alone, not the person who it is honoring. P.S. Full transparency. She did skip my birthday brunch this year, so please tell me I'm not subconsciously doing this out of spite and that I'm being at least somewhat reasonable here. Um, First of all, is there a way that this girl could move back to wherever she's from? Because clearly <laughs> L.A. is like eating her alive and she doesn't realize it. Um, yeah. By the way, like I just, as I'm saying that, I'm like, I hope she's white. <laughs> like if she's from right. another country, I, yeah, like go back I, I to where you're from. Like Ohio. Yeah. No, I was thinking small middle America. She, definitely. But, um, oh, that's so sad. You obviously see redeeming qualities in this person. And you're not perfect. She's not perfect. We're not perfect. I think, again, you stand to lose nothing by saying to her, if you're her real friend, you say this to her. I love you. I don't like your friends. Because I don't like how they treat you. And by the way, anonymous or whoever this is, I have said this to friends about their friends. And I have one friend that's like still friends with this guy. And I'm just, every time he brings him up, I'm like, I don't like him. Like, because I know certain things and they, and they still keep hanging out. And even right. that friend's like, I don't think she likes me. It's like, yeah, I don't like your character. So I think you put it to her like that. And I think you can yeah. say, look, look, in our 20s, God, I remember having to go on like a horrible hike I'll never forget this because it was so fucking awful. It was through Topanga Canyon. It was a thousand degrees. And at the end, she wanted to like eat chocolate cake in the sun. No one had any milk Ugh. and like drink wine. I'm like, cool at the end of a hike. And then like we went for pizza. And again, it was a hundred degrees. It was just so fucking dumb, but you Ugh. do it. You're 30. You're entering into the decade of being more self-assured, self-possessed. You say, I don't really like the way your friends treat you. And the last couple birthdays, you know, it hasn't been the greatest outcome. And so I would prefer, I could just take you to dinner. I'd like to do something just you and I, but I never want to be on Hollywood Boulevard. You can just say that. Like, I don't want to be on Hollywood Boulevard. It isn't safe. Those clubs are trash. Like, yeah, there are some like fun clubs like toward the bottom, but the fact that she's mentioning Hollywood Boulevard is so weird to me. She wants this big epic LA birthday bash. Those things take money. And if you want to get a table, that's going to be like $1,200. Does she have money for that kind of thing? If not, that's going to be a real rude awakening when you're just like in line, chilly, hoping that you can get in after like 12 people leave. So just say to her, that's really not my thing. And just based on past birthdays and the way your friends have treated you, I would, let me just take you out for something, just one-on-one. And if she gets upset and says right. no, just be like, okay, well, I'm, I don't want to do that. Sorry. None of, I don't, I just... <laughs> God, that's so tough because part of a birthday and part of being friends is doing the thing that you don't want to do. But what you don't want to do is be uncomfortable, somewhere not safe, footing the bill for this dumb idea. Right. I wonder if it's worthwhile to like have an alternate. Like, cause it sounds like this friend isn't good at planning. If you really want to give her like a cool birthday, what if you're like, hey, instead of driving to Hollywood Boulevard and being stabbed a little bit, what if we go on that like Malibu wine tour? What if we do something that is just more organized, cleaner, like one, you know what you're going to get. Or be like, what club do you want to go to? Because she could say a decent one and then you could be like, great. Are you buying a table? Are you expecting your friends to buy a table? And she'd be like, yeah. And be like, I just want to let you know here, this is what happened the last three times. And you'd be yeah. like, I want to take you out for dinner. I want to celebrate you. I can't get stuck 
paying half of a $1,500 bill. And I don't think you want, I'm just preparing you for the logistics. Tell her this. If she says yeah. I have the hookup at X at this nightclub and we can just great. If she just wants to go to a nightclub with you, that's great too. I think the part yeah. that really turns you off is the being forced to be with other people who you don't like or who are reluctantly there and driving around Hollywood Boulevard. So get in the Uber, tell it to take Hollywood, skip the right. fentanyl parade and just go to a bar or a club, you know, or, hey, why don't I take you to dinner before? And then you can meet up with your friends. Like you can celebrate different parts of that birthday. And if she's a real bee about it, be like, fine, I'll be there. And then day of be like, I have food poisoning. No. It's not about, I, mean, I don't wonder why out. she skipped your birthday, but like, yeah, this is the age where people are like starting to become adults. And like, for some people, they aren't able to molt their immature skin fast enough. And I, I promise you, this girl will not be your friend in like two years or she'll like, have a baby and move away or move home or discover her passion for real estate. She's just gonna, this person doesn't seem like they're doing great. Right. I mean, it is that you're, this person's right that all that context does make this a lot more complicated than just, if it was some person that was like, do you want to come to my crappy birthday? Yeah. You just say no. Although I do hate when people ask you early enough that you can't, that you don't You can have always have an excuse to be like, hey, I got to go out of town. Hey, I don't feel well. Is all, I think I have COVID-19. I have a stomach bug. You can always lie. There's no problem with lying. But moreover, it is really the Hollywood Boulevard of it all. And the pat. if she yeah. had like great friends, you'd be like, great, let's get a limo. Let's drive around. But you're forcing this. She's forcing a younger experience. I, I wanted to have an incredible 30th birthday and I didn't. It was just me and Michelle like trying to make a party happen and it didn't. So you will probably ultimately be let down by your 30th birthday. Um, you, ha- you stand to lose nothing by telling her exactly how you feel and do it in a nice way. Yeah. And frame it as these right. people are not kind to you and I don't want to be stuck. I don't want them to make you feel bad that night and then like the night is ruined. I'll go to a club with you. We can have people meet up with us, but like you definitely don't want to be stuck with the bill. Yeah. Try to build her up while you do it. Be like, you're this amazing person. Like you don't deserve to spend your birthday with flaky people and they're like dumb boyfriends. Right. Like you want- Or dealing with a party You want to blow it up? Let's go to a party, you and I. Like, let's pick two friends and let's go to something. But yeah, that rental, like, just make sure she's aware of the cost. Unless she's like secret rich in case, in that case, like, whatever. (laughs) Question for all on the pod. I'm fascinated with people's favorite food. So I ask you all, what is your death row meal? In other words, what would you want to eat slash drink for your last meal We don't need, in other words, we know what that means. (laughs) No one's like, oh, death row. What do you eat when you listen to Snoop Dogg? There was like a series of photographs of actual like death row meals. And it's very interesting. As I was reading this question, I was actually thinking like, you know, if it's your last meal ever, are you going to even be like, I need a protein? Are you just going to get like 15 sides? Okay. You know what I mean? I've been asked this question before. And my answer is who could eat? Well, exactly. I mean, that's the thing is it's like you're sitting there like with your cafeteria tray, like, excuse, hello, everyone. Just watch me eat this. So, like as a taxpayer, like I don't want to pay for your fucking lobster if you raped a kid. Fucking choke on it. <laughs> uh, I would like to reframe it as you're going to lose your sense of taste and smell. What's the last okay. indulgence? And Emily knows something about this. Uh, I would probably <laughs> just get several lobster tails in butter. And eat them like cereal. Hmm. That'd be. I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like I want a bunch of mashed potatoes. Yeah. 
Maybe like some jumbo lump. Nice Coke. Coke, yeah. Jumbo lump crab meat. Maybe a nice sharp root beer. Drink? Maybe a nice sharp root beer. Oh, yeah. A barks. Yeah. yeah. But you don't want to ruin the flavor of the meat. So you can always have ice cold water, but yeah, something like that. You don't want ice cold water as your death row meal. What are you hydrating for? Your last senses meal. Ice cold water will still be enjoyable when you have no senses. I just said. But I, I enjoy <sighs> drinking ice cold water. So that's probably my answer. Just like a bunch of mini lobster tails and jumbo lump crab meat in butter and lemon and salt. There you go. Yeah. I'll skip the bacon on a baked potato. Yeah, I'm just good with that. Or, or is it that you just eat like whatever's going to leave the worst diarrhea after you void your bowels when you get electrocuted? Like you just eat all the kashi what? and like a ton of split pea soup and oil and corn. Next question. Top of the cop. Taste the top with a cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. So as I said, I attended and participated in the Aspen Ideas Festival and they asked me to be on a panel. And the cool part about the panel was it was um, the Norwell Singers. I'm saying that right. It's just like a group of nurses who got together during COVID and started singing. And so we got to hear them sing. And then I was on it uh, as well as uh, State Senator Penry Gustafson and Mia McLeod, who are, they're called the sister senators and they're two state senators from... South Carolina, who together were able to like ban the uh, abortion ban bill in the state. Um, even though one's a Republican, one's a Democrat. So it's the super inspirational story of two women coming together to pass some sort of legislation that's bipartisan. And Dr. Fauci. So we were all on this lineup together and I got to hear Anthony Fauci talk and that was really cool. But the cool part was I did my Q&A. The questions were, uh, it was like a little interview and the woman who interviewed me, her name was Kate Bowler. And she is like a New York Times bestselling author. She's written books like No Cure for Being Human, Everything Happens for a Reason, Good Enough, The Lives We Actually Have, um, a lot of books. And um, she teaches at Duke. And she and I just got along really well. And we only did like a 15-minute Q&A. And they, she had questions for me about... I guess, trauma and laughing and mental health and things that I'm like quasi-qualified to talk about, but no more or less than your average self-help writer. And we had such a good time laughing and joking around and the crowd was so great and we were killing it that afterward, someone came up to me, this woman came up to us and she said, I'm turning 80. Can I hire you guys for my birthday? And what was <laughs> even better was it wasn't, it was her friend. This woman had a ton of money. And her friend had seen us. So he told her about us. So this woman, sight unseen, was like, can I hire you for my birthday? And I was like, oh, she's a professor of divinity at Duke and I'm a stand-up comedian. We are not a comedy team. And then I was like, but what's your budget? But it was just cool to have right. such a good rapport with someone, such witty repartee that somebody tried to book us for a birthday party. <laughs> Right. That's the ultimate compliment. Is she the one? There was a very funny post you were tagged in of like talking about do, does him wearing jeans mean that you get to wear yes. jeans? Because she was okay. like, dress nice. And then at the buzzer, I wore jeans and I saw her and I walked up to her before the talk and she goes, oh, you wore jeans. And I'm like, thank you so much. But she was <laughs> awesome. So check out her and what she's about in her books. Um, and she validated all the things that I think about why I don't like self-help books and pop psychology and all these like mini fiefdoms and cults that it seems every woman wants to start. And she validated it with like the deeply psychological religious reasons that I'm adverse to those things. And uh, 
No. I think I'm going to have her on the podcast because she was great and super smart. Yeah. That was my top. What's your top? Well, let's do the fan top. Fan top. Because it's it's very gratifying. My top was listening to last week's podcast where Liza was explaining her woes with the toddler bed transition while I was trying to lay with my toddler in his new toddler bed and failing miserably. Oh, yeah. I felt so seen. <laughs> Solidarity from Melissa Uden. Uh, that's why you do that's why you do the cobs. You always talk about you want a relatable feeling as it. a cob. I, I'll tell you what, Melissa, I put that crib right back together. Oh. I was just like, it was just a fluke oh thing. Has she found herself in the middle of the night just standing in the hallway and Noah's like, hey, let's get you back to bed? Yes, but we're, we're sticking with the crib for a while. Hey. Hey. What about you? What's your top? My top of the cob related to my bottom, but the first part is the top, which is I had to call a critter catcher. It was his job title. And this man came to my home and home. And after he dealt with what he had to deal with, he came in to fill out the paperwork and take my credit card number. And the minute he walked into the house with his jeans covered in smells, both my cats ran up to him and jumped on him licked him all over. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can put them away. Like I, you're not used to a cat like running up to someone. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And he like knelt down and he's filling out the paperwork, knelt down as both cats curl themselves around him. And they have a problem where if you're on the phone, they'll hit the phone out of your hand. Cause they're like, why are you not paying attention to me? So they start hitting his phone. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, it's annoying when you're, yeah. you, someone else's pet is like all over your shit. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, it's fine. He turns to Isles. He's like, totally fine. You can have the phone. And then she tries to take his receipt book. He goes, that I need. You can't have the receipt book. And it was so sweet. And I was like, can I marry this critter graduate? Yeah. Man? Like I was immediately, it was to see a man be sweet with a cat can is like such a different vibe. Date him. Wait, this is the first time you've mentioned being attracted to a <laughs> the man. The love of my life, the critter catcher man. Being attracted to a man. Is this? <laughs> it, and it's this man that came and collected a dead animal. <laughs> Emily. I don't even remember. He was like a middle-aged white man. Emily. And the love of my life now. Because to just watch him be so sweet, I was like, aw. So that's that's Can my top of the cob is a real call the critter company and get I think his he info? has a family. Why? Do you see a wedding ring? I don't remember. I didn't look. What is wrong with I'll you? Have to, I'll All have to women fake look. a critter emergency. Yes. Go take a dump in that crawl space and be like, hey, something. Something happened. He'll be like, this is human a really shit. big animal. Like, I can tell this is from a person because there's Legos in it. I can tell this from you because it's made of Coca-Cola and Legos. And Captain Barry Crunch. All right. What's your... Uh, you got Captain it. Barry. I, I like that you like him. Bottom. Okay. My bottom... Um, I started smelling a smell in my home okay. and I thought it was a plumber situation. I called a plumber and a very nice plumber came to my home, walked into my home and went, oh, that's not your toilet. Have you checked your crawl space? And I said, no. And we went down together and opened my crawl space and both both of us screamed. His was like, oh, Jesus. And I was like, oh, God, because there was the biggest dead possum right there, right in the doorway, oh. covered in flies. Flies came pouring out. Oh. Flies are all in my kitchen. That's so gross. Flies are all. It's so disgusting. This thing was, I would, I, this thing was like 14 pounds. This thing is huge. It's dead. And here is my bottom. The bottom, obviously, the stench is still here. Not great. Dealing with it, not great. The guilt I feel about him getting trapped and dying yeah. down there, not great. Here's my real problem. You have something like that and you're like, okay, yes. Could I scoop it up myself? 
technically. But I was like, this feels, this thing is big enough that this feels like a biohazard. Yeah. I'm like, this must be something you get someone else to deal yeah. with so that it doesn't explode. I don't know how long the body has been. There were just too many things that could go That's wrong. That's what happens. I then, Normally, if a right. body lays over too long, it just explodes spontaneously. Well, the heat, you know. Okay, so I called... 15 places, including multiple county services and the pest company I pay that does do pest-like exclusions services where, you know, they go around your house, they seal stuff, they make sure pests can't get in. I had to call 15 numbers before I got someone who was willing to come get this animal. I was like, why? what is happening? Why am I talking? Multiple pest companies were just like, I don't know. I mean, if it was alive, I'm like, really? You don't want to just be paid to come collect something that isn't trying to bite you? Like, I don't, I don't, somebody needs a hazmat suit to come do this, please. So I paid a premium to get this done same day by my future husband. I just feel like you're the producer on the show and you should have said, Eliza, let me do the bottom first so I can set up the story really buried the lead. <laughs> so people like your top of the cop is that you had an exterminator and then you're like, follow up. Here's the bloated cop. Well, because here's the, because I, I, here's the problem is I tipped my hand on the possum story on Instagram. So a bunch yes. of listeners were like, I hope you tell this story on the podcast. And I'm like, well, but you already know it. Like I said, I had a big possum. So I, in my mind, the possum is not the story anymore. The story is this man with my cats, but the possum is you did. In fact, because you told it to me, I was like, did she already talk about this on the podcast? But yeah, that is horrific though. No, I immediately texted you as I my you homeowner inspiration and was like, there's help. What happens? This is horrible. Flies <laughs> flying out at you because like they all have little bits of possum on them. Yes. It's so Ugh. disgusting. It's awful. It's awful. I got nothing Ugh. and you ruined my day. Okay. You ruined my day. Goodbye. Uh, let me do the fan bottom. And so you close this fan out. Fan okay? bottom? Okay. Oh, I didn't do mine. Great. Fan bottom. I'm going to look forward to it. Yeah. Hey, AI This is crew, fan bottom. My bottom. <laughs> my bottom of the cob happened this morning. I took an extended break at work to treat myself to a coffee and a Whole Foods breakfast burrito that I've been craving since I woke up at 5 a.m. I got back to my desk at home, took a bite of my burrito, and was very unpleasantly surprised by a mouthful of quinoa beads. I had grabbed a vegan burrito oh. by mistake. I remain devastated. Lindsay in Portland, Oregon, can't wait to see you in PDX this fall. You have to add so much cheese to that to make it palatable. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be expecting something you're looking forward to and bite into it and it's something else is so upsetting. Could have been worse. Could have been a bloated possum. <laughs> yeah. I, people are going to get very mad about this. And I'm going to show my age. I don't like septum piercings. I've <laughs> never liked them. Not even the first time that they were in vogue. They always look dumb. If you're a hot girl and you do it, it looks like you were bored and just like thought you'd change up your look and like try to make yourself uglier. If you're uglier with it, I like, I just, it... <sighs> It just makes you look like a little baby bull. I know people love them and I know plenty of smart people have them. It's just edgy in a way that I find putrid. And that doesn't mean you can't be my fan. It just means I would never get one. But I always just think it looks like you're trying too hard and you're just doing something that's like a little derivative and it just doesn't make sense. It does not make anyone look better. It never looks chic unlike a very small nose piercing, like a little diamond or a little dot or even like a tooth gem or something, which I think are fucking sick. They're awesome. But like, or something in your ear, it just always looks 
like trashy or like someone with like an expensive degree in social welfare, but you choose to work at a coffee shop instead. And I just, I just hate looking at them. Oh boy. Are you, <laughs> I want to put your pro tooth gem. Get a tooth gem. It's also not permanent and it's also cool. It's like a little thing to discover. Like they smile and it's like, ding. I just, even Years ago, when people were getting septum piercings, it's not like a, by the way, like Gen Z, you didn't invent it, even though you all have them, even like the hot ones. It's a thing that's been done forever and people are just doing it a lot more now because it's like something edgier than your ear and like no one pierces their eyebrows or their lips anymore. And so it's like tolerated because anyone from any intelligence or economic class could have one. I just, which is how you know I'm not being um, like classist or racist. Everybody across the board gets them and I think they are awful across the board, no matter who they're on. I mean, I associate it with like a breathe tattoo, you know? That's different. I, a breathe tattoo is like a thing that came into style once and then was gone. Septum piercing is like it's spiked and waned, spiked and waned. But yeah, a breathe tattoo is... Like I got this when I was younger and I was trying to... We all want to be meaningful. We all want to be deep and spiritual, but you know, try meditating. Breathe. I definitely, I will be honest, I definitely thought about getting that in white. And then I saw that Lindsay Lohan had it and I was like, hard pass. That's how long ago I thought oh about boy. that. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Breathe. At the time, in your 20s, you're like, this is such a good idea. I didn't do it. Okay. Well, like the podcast, review it, give it five stars. Yeah, please. Come on, guys. Tell a friend. And be cool. And uh, we're kicking off the Hard Feelings Tour coming up in Hawaii. Got a show in Japan. Got all these shows stateside. Come see me at the TD Garden in Boston and Ball Arena in Denver. And then, of course, Europe, Oslo, Norway. I'm talking to you. You got to sell a lot of tickets. Uh, So I'm excited to see you guys. And, of course, London, you are well on your way to being sold out. And remember, it's not the size of the dog nose, Emily. It's the size of the possum. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.